I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Hello, everyone. Today, we will be talking about a very important topic. We'll be discussing thin privilege and fat phobia, especially in today's society. And kind of one of the biggest reasons we want to talk about this is because these are terms that I think are becoming much more familiar. People are becoming much more familiar with. They are hearing it more frequently in conversation, especially in the healthcare setting. But also it's important that we kind of distinguish what both of these encompass, how they might play off of each other, examples of them in today's society that you might not realize, and then kind of what the issues with both of them are. And especially because we especially want to talk about this because over the past two decades with the changes in technology and the changes that people have access to other people around the world that 20 years ago, you would not be able to probably talk to someone again across the world as easily. But with kind of that accessibility to people comes also more spaces for people to just be rude and judgmental unfortunately so it's insane yes okay I'm so excited yes so we're going to first start off with thin privilege we're going to chat about what it is here I already talked to you about this is well let's get into it so anyway yeah so thin privilege is defined as kind of that representation of all the social financial and practical benefits a person gets because they are thin or in a relatively smaller body. And Hannah and I both, I was not going to say suffer. We both benefit. That's what I'm looking for. We both benefit from thin privilege. So we're going to kind of talk about examples of it, but also our own personal experiences if we think of some. So, yeah. yeah. And kind of along with that, like how you, like, I don't know this for sure, but I believe that I could probably eat like pretty much whatever I wanted and I would never really reside in a larger body. And we'll go over in a little bit, like the, the struggle of those who, the fat phobia around those who do reside in a larger body. And Mm -hmm. I'll probably never experience that. Like as I get older, if I ever like had kids, like weight will ebb and flow, but I would likely never be in a relatively larger body that would likely lead to me experiencing weight stigma. So that's part of, I think, fit thin privilege too, is we don't really have to like ever worry about that on a personal level in terms of like us getting, yeah, having that weight stigma. And yeah, a lot no. of it is genetics. It's, that's, like, yes. That's what I'm trying I to say. I am like, built exactly like my dad we have the exact same body type I'm just in a girl (laughs) form yeah but but that's just kind of I it's never been something I also had to even when I had like my past experience with like poor like disordered eating and whatnot and I gained 16 pounds from that to me it felt traumatic 
because I had some mental stuff going on. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've gained so much weight. But I wasn't actually really treated that much differently because yeah. of how, I guess it, I, my perception of it is also weird. Cause like there was a lot of body dysmorphia going on and stuff yeah. like that. But even then when I was at quite possibly one of the lowest points in my life and it was leaking over, I kind of, it was like also transferring over to my physical health. I didn't have to worry about that. And it's just something that we both recognize we're privileged with it. Yeah. And that's kind of one of the most important things around thin privilege is recognizing one is a thing because it's it's 100% a thing. Some people say it is not, but it is. We're going to go over reasons of it. And if, like, yes. hopefully if you're on the edge, you'll believe us. And if you don't want to believe us, then that's all right. Go outside in society for a little bit and do some reflection. Yes. But. I did a TikTok on it a long time ago. It was probably like months ago. I talked about how I have thin privilege and the that, comments yeah. were just disgusting. They were like, oh, so now I have to like be sorry that I like am thin. I'm like, that's not what it's about. It's no, not about it's, that. It's, it's about that we're treated differently. We have all these perks because we just naturally genetically have smaller bodies. Yeah. And it's not like being thin makes you a bad person and you're like horrible when you take advantage of like people because you're thin it's because society has conditioned us to believe that we're going to go into this but society has conditioned us to associate thinness with health status and in a lot of other cases we're going to go into a little bit like potentially like wealthier people because they have like the resources to take care of themselves and whatnot but yes I digress let's talk about examples of examples yes so okay first one (laughs) first one is and we actually talked about this I think in two episodes ago with BMI is thin privilege is never being told or never is an ultimatum very less not likely you're going to be told by your primary care physician that you need to lose weight yeah Yeah. I've never been told I needed to lose weight I don't think I have either because I think I mentioned in the BMI episode as well that I'm technically overweight like if I get on a scale and they put it in my chart at at the doctor's office it'll say that I'm overweight Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have the benefit of, I've had the same doctor since I like came out of the womb. So he knows I just have a very active pediatrician. Well, he's a family doctor. So he's like, I've seen Uh, him literally forever. My my mom's also worked for him for 20 something years. So he's basically my family. Yeah. So that is another privilege is that I doc, my doctor, (laughs) like I know him personally. Um, but I, I would assume that if I went to a new doctor, they probably wouldn't tell me that either, even though I am, I want to say this earlier too. I am. 30 pounds heavier than I was in like high school. I still have thin privilege for sure. Like you were kind of mentioning how, you know, you had that fluctuation of weight, but we mm-hmm. still had the thin privilege even with oh, yeah. that weight gain there. It's all relative. Oh yeah. It depends on a lot of it depends on your kind of your height, your distribute, your distribution of weight. Yeah. Um, and like we said, thinness is not always better. I'm 30 pounds heavier than I was, but I'm also the healthiest I've ever been in my entire life. Yeah. I 
no, it's not even, I'm not even going to share that because it was not a, it was not a healthy, well, maybe it would be beneficial to someone. You know what? I will share it because maybe someone needs to hear this. And I grew up being, and I don't know if we're going completely off the rails, <laughs> what we were supposed to talk about today, but maybe this will resonate with someone. So I felt yeah. the need to share it. And I know if my younger self heard it, and I think actually I talked to you and someone else about this and it was something, I don't know if you'll remember once I talk about it, but growing up, I was always like an athletic, super thin kid, like definitely underweight. Like I needed to gain weight. It was unhealthy, but luckily I somehow turned out okay. Leading up to a certain point. (laughs) And I didn't like have any type of body image issues or anything like that. I just was naturally like very athletic, very thin. And like, I think what messed me up was my classmates would tell me Mm. how good a shape I was in. And then I had my little, I don't even know where where I was going with this, but I'm, I'm just going to finish where I'm going right now. Just tell the whole story. I, I had my disordered eating period. And I like struggled with like my body image issues. And also we should probably just do an episode on like our disordered eating history because- Oh, we should um, tell our story. Also trigger warning disorder. I feel like I forgot to put a trigger warning just in case. Yeah. Um, let's skip ahead a little bit now. Yeah. You do not want to hear about potential eating disorder, disordered eating, stuff like that. But essentially yeah. I had my disordered eating period and then it like affected my life for the next four to five month, months, not four, four to five years, four to five years. It affected me like all throughout college. And I remember talking to you and some of our other friends and I would look back at pictures and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I was in such better shape. And literally someone told me they're like, Emily, your skin was gray. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but I was in such better shape. And the thing is like, I was clinically underweight and like I would regularly lose my period during sports seasons and like it was not healthy even if at first like it wasn't intentionally like I wasn't intentionally trying to be small it just that was kind of although looking back this is this you're just getting my whole life story right now (laughs) there there was one kind of bad thing where I would ignore my hunger cues. And then when I like started dealing with stuff, I started honoring those hunger cues and then they ended up gaining weight. And then that was a whole thing. So yeah. it was very interesting, a lot, a lot to unpack there. <laughs> but I don't even know what we were talking about at first. I just somehow brought this up. Oh, and I think how I gained about- weight and you gained weight. Yeah. We were talking about how being like thinner is not healthier. Yes. I'm way I was, healthier now. Yes. Yes. I, I needed to gain weight. Like Me looking too. back, if I told that to myself, like any to my college self right now, I would have fought myself. Like college me would have beat me up. I, I'm not a physical person. I would have verbally beat myself up, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was completely true. And I was other people telling me that it was not good. And I just like was so much in my head that I needed like thinness was better. It was not yeah. true. I was not having a period. My skin was gray. <laughs> like, it's so um, true. Yeah. It's so true. This is, I don't even want to say it's TMI because it's not, but the men listening may not love it. But like my 
period now that I'm 30 pounds heavier is so much more consistent. I think stress played a really huge role oh, in that yeah. too. When I was in college, like I was yeah. like, I'd say more stress than I am now. Stress, college is terrible. Don't go to college. Um, so stressful. Seriously, don't go to college. It's not <laughs> worth it. Unless you're getting a full ride and it's an easy major. Um, <laughs> anyway, I have to believe that part of it is being at a weight that my body is like meant to be at. Like I'm at a healthy yes. weight. I'm eating food finally. Like I'm nourishing my body. I'm not micromanaging my calorie intake, my carb intake. I'm not in the gym seven days a week for two hours at mm-hmm. a time. I'm not doing like six mile runs. Like I'm letting my body like be where it wants to be. And I'm treating it with respect. And that's like, yes. my body is like thanking me and doing all these good things now because of it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thinner is not that's, much better. No. Bottom no. line there, which is not even the point of today's episode. We have to do a whole episode on that because that could be a whole other conversation. We start off with like private care never telling you to lose weight and then we just completely <laughs> went um but if you guys are have been listening for a while you kind of know this is Always how was. we tend to go hopefully you appreciate our our if life we, stories about- <laughs> if we ever like stay on track on an episode just know we don't care about that topic we're just doing it for you because <laughs> if we care about it we're gonna get off topic yeah we'll talk and just about tell our stories all these other things yeah but, but let's do another example of privilege. So this one I can definitely attest to as someone who posts on social media. Um, this one is being able to post a video of you eating McDonald's or really any food and everyone compliments you for living your life. I, I have benefited from this. I posted one recently of me eating Wendy's and I did try to say in the video, like I have this privilege that I'm able to do this and eat this. And I probably won't get any comments saying that you know, I need to lose weight. Why am I You're eating like, that? You should be in that. Like, exactly. Like maybe um, you should skip on the fries or something like that. Like, exactly. I was able to eat that and I addressed that side of it, but my comments still to this point were like, wow. Yeah. You're so right. That really helps me feel better that I know I'm able to eat those things. And it's and- because what you go, you go. No, that's okay. That's all I really had to say about I was going to say ahead. like, it's cause you have a thin body. Yeah. It's the entire, I don't, the Emily Mariko effect. People who are familiar, familiar with TikTok, she, you know, like she's like a lifestyle wellness influencer. I love her, but she is someone that highly, ha- like she benefits from thin privilege, right. like yeah. her entire, um, and it took a lot of like actually reflection for myself. Cause like I did a video about her and everything, but people and the whole thing was like the white rice that was like the biggest thing I feel like is she was eating white rice regularly and people are like oh my gosh I can eat white rice regularly and it's because they see someone in a thinner body they're like oh it's okay to eat these foods because you can still be thin and eat these foods it's like not it's nothing wrong with her this is nothing wrong about her her. it's like or anyone who thinks that way. Like if you no. had that thought of Emily Mariko's eating white rice, so now I can eat white rice. That's not your fault that your brain went to that conclusion. That's just the society yeah. we live in. And our brains are like trained to think that way. Yeah. Because we've been taught and like programmed to believe that you can't, you have to eat like your green juices and all your like protein shakes and all these, like your chicken and your vegetables to be thin, but like white rice is not the cause of thinness or fatness. Like that's not how food works. Yeah. And I actually just thought of this 
And I know we've talked about it before, but those like 10,000 calorie videos, oh. there's so much thin privilege there. Let's do a cheat day episode too. Yes. That could be a whole episode. Yes. Cause like they will make a challenge to eat 10,000 calories in a day. And they're typically like a body, like they're typically into some type of weight training. Yes. It's normally their thing. And they're like, this is my cheat day or this is my challenge. And no one on there, well, I keep making ultimatums. Most people on there yeah. are not going to be like, you shouldn't be eating that. Like, are you sure that's okay for your weight? Like, are you sure that's okay for you? No one is saying that. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, that looks so good. Oh my gosh, I want to right. try this. Like no one's concerned about their health because they have a smaller body. So they can eat yeah. whatever they want, people think, because yeah. being in a smaller body is always healthier according to our society the diet industry and diet culture and all those (sighs) but thanks but the next example of thin privilege is not having to worry about sizes being available at stores this is huge because i am a retail therapy fanatic (laughs) and i yes i love going to stores to try on clothes that is something that I love doing it with my friends. I love, it's really good stress relief for me. Um, that instant gratification, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. but I never have to worry about my sizes not being at the store unless they're out, but right. like, there's probably always been something that, yeah. And that's something that can be incredibly deterring to people in larger bodies. Like they what if they want to participate in retail therapy, but they have to, they don't know if the store they want to go to has their size. That's so demoralizing and incredibly stressful. And then something that used to be fun no longer is fun. And like different types of clothing too, like only crop tops being available in smaller sizes or people who are in larger bodies that wear a crop top are made fun of, but I could wear one and be totally fine. No one's going to comment on that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, so social media hates to see a confident woman in a larger body. And I applaud every single larger body woman who like posts on social media. Like, I wish I had their confidence. I, I don't know if there's science behind it, but I strongly believe like confidence is the most attractive thing you can wear. And like everyone who like posts in these like whatever it is and they're confident i'm like you are stunning radiant like, yes i'm like i want to be you like i wish yeah. i looked this good yeah. and the world just hates them it's not normal mm-hmm. this is tough <laughs> there are certain people that want to see the world burn <laughs> and they will just try to make people feel bad about themselves for like feeling good about themselves I'm like right like what's what do you get from that like what do you get from telling someone who is confident in their crop top that they need to lose weight or that they're a bad person or whatever it doesn't make you any better that doesn't give you any kudo points like it doesn't make you any type of healthcare guru like no health guru it just makes you a jerk dick (laughs) I censored myself (laughs) I did not I am bad (laughs) But it's just like, oh my gosh, it was, I, I like how you brought up that too. That's a really good point. Cause we, 
I think the biggest, I don't ever see, I never, I'm always told never to burn bridges, but a problematic store <laughs> is Brandy Melville. Have you ever heard of that store? No, I haven't. It is like super popular in big cities like LA, oh. stuff like that. That but they then. only offer like size like zero size two it's like, like a hollister abercrombie back in the day vibe yes gotcha like i don't even think i'd be able to find clothes there oh my god and i am like a smaller body but they sometimes have cute things and like what if you wanted one of those things like I've to heard- this day they're still like- oh yeah oh yeah Ugh. They have not changed. They have stood their ground wow. on the sizes they offer. They're and the ones making those mean comments on TikTok, probably. People who were like, support I've them. heard things and, you know, who knows how accurate it is. But like, I feel like I've heard there's just a lot of like judgment going yeah. on in those stores. Um, mm-hmm. So I myself would probably never step foot in them. But it's just like, what if you, what if they have a certain style you like, but they right. only offer so many things and they're so limited mm. that I I'm pretty sure like they're losing business like people have That's talked good. about it a lot more like people have talked about how they're not inclusive and the world is becoming much more of an inclusive place so you gotta keep up with the times are Hollister and Abercrombie like keeping up with the times have they gotten like larger sizes do you know because they're I like have, they're popular shot, again oh yeah they're coming back i actually shot the yeah. abercrombie recently they are they have larger sizes i don't know if they i mean have, back in the day it was like i oh, was they're not as extra bad. large they're, and i was like 130 not, pounds yeah they're not as bad like they have much more variety now so and good. let's not even get into how like women's sizes are all over the board how all my pants are different sizes we we should do an episode we should be taking notes <laughs> yeah yeah, we'll have the episode idea list here. Oh, perfect. Put down the discrepancies cheat days. in cheat days and discrepancies in women's sizes. I don't know a lot about men. Men's sizes seems pretty straightforward. To well, me. there's just like your waist size and then your, your length. Yeah, that, it's like not like a it's number. It's not like that changes. <laughs> exactly. Um, unless you're going from inches to centimeters, but like <laughs> you can do that conversion pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, that's a whole nother thing that yeah, I used to care about even... a lot. I know I cared about that a lot. That would oh, also ruin my retail therapy times because I'd be like, yeah. why am I no longer fitting in this size? I refuse to go up a size when like looking at my back past self, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Emily, why? Like it doesn't buy it... the clothing that fits you. No one, no, no one knows what size you're wearing. No. Unless I've told this story you. before. I've told the story about how I like used to save. I had so, I used to have so many clothes that I would just save when I would lose weight, even though I have no place to be losing weight. Like that's, that should never be a goal of mine at this place in my life. Yeah. I, I also had those clothes that I got rid of them. Luckily I was just like, why? (laughs) Now if I do it's on accident, like, oh, I have these shorts I haven't worn in six years. These definitely don't fit me anymore. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I will note kind of with the aspect of having different sizes. I, someone, I forgot who does this, but someone does this where they have like period clothing where you're oh. like more bloated and they fit yeah. you better. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. Well, most of my clothing is stretchy and baggy. So <laughs> mine's always period clothing. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I literally wear scrubs for my job. And then I come home and put on sweatpants and a sweatshirt like right now. 
I, if I'm wearing jeans, you guys, if you know me, you know this. If I'm wearing jeans, it was a wild day. We're going out tonight. (laughs) Like we're going to like an Eddie Merlot's or something. Just kidding. I don't wear jeans to Eddie Merlot's, but I don't like them very much. Jeans are the worst. Maybe because I haven't gotten ones that fit me right. You like? I've found jeans that fit me life-changing I've never found them because I've been too stubborn to get ones that are a bigger size yeah they've always like not put me right we'll go next time we hang out we'll do some retail shopping that sounds actually really amazing you keep talking about it now I I love shopping with you I love shopping too I'm just super cheap and so I get stressed about I love getting stuff I like TJ Maxx is my favorite place in the entire world there's a Marshall's like I can see it on my window right here it's amazing. I yes. I can't go often because then I feel very guilty about spending all that money. Uh-huh. But that, that's why you need typically I convince my friends they <laughs> need things they might not be I'm like, why not? <laughs> if we lived close together, that I think would be one dangerous part of it. There's a lot of pros. That would be gets so mad at me. <laughs> you guys are going shopping again. Yeah. Yeah, he would. Ross and I are both cheap. So that'd be dangerous. That's okay. Yeah. We only have one life. We were just talking about this. Like, yeah, we life, spend is a life wearing jeans and not fit. promised. I am. I'm not going wild and like spend. I'm. I'm going. I'm to not like, going to buy a jet, but I can buy some jeans that fit me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. We have like we always do this in our episodes like this, where it takes us hours to get through one section. Okay. The next example of thin privilege is being able to eat in public without getting stared at. I can say I've never been. Well, maybe for like other reasons, like I have a booger or something, but I've never been like stared at for what I think is my weight in public. That's never been a concern I've had. No, I think and the only times I've maybe, no, I was like, people like maybe in high school if I was eating, but even then now it wasn't because of my weight. It was, it was, was self-portrayed. Like, I was like <laughs> causing a ruckus eating food. Well, it's because um, I was ashamed of my, what I thought was a large body, even though it was not at all right that's just that was just my poor body image if anything oh yeah yeah I can because people are just so like I am someone and Hannah knows this I am someone that I'm not afraid to confront someone and tell you how like I I have a rule that anything I say behind someone's back I would feel comfortable saying to their face yeah so like it not only helps filter myself but also (laughs) it makes it makes me feel a little bit better myself yeah. Am I probably a bad person? Probably. But. That's a good. That's a good quality to have. I'd rather you be blunt than like a two-faced liar. Yes. Yes. But I would. People are so blatantly judgmental. Wow. Like yeah. I would never feel. The only time I would stare at someone is if it was like some a rude customer in like food service retail therapy like all the karens those that is the only time i would stare at someone because they are being a problem and like they i'm like you should know your your behavior is problematic you are not being nice right now yes no matter how in the right or how entitled you're feeling but like other than that mind your own business you don't know what those people have going on they're just trying to live we're all just trying to get through life. Like, right. like we all hate it here. Like, can we just stop with being mean to everybody? We're not having fun. No one needs to get shamed for going to Panda Express and eating some no. orange chicken. Let them enjoy their orange chicken 
in peace. Like, gosh, dang it. <laughs> like, uh, you're so right though. Like those TikToks of like the people just like going off on service workers. I could never look away. I, I think it's, we've, we, we talk about this all worked, the time. We yeah. worked in the service industry. I even when there have been like very few times I've said something in this like ever. And it was normally because at a restaurant where I wasn't served for like 30 minutes or even talked to, but it wasn't like, I was like, I've been here for 30 minutes and no one has called the CEO. Yeah. I've been like, Hey, I don't know if anyone knows we're here. I exist. I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like if you're really busy or you're short, like I will never, I feel like that's like a red flag. Like if I, none of my friends I know would do that. No. I would not be friends I wouldn't with be someone. their friends. No. no. If you if feel you that comfortable, that, this podcast would be <laughs> over. <laughs> I would hope you would end, cut all ties. <laughs> no, like feeling that comfortable and entitled to harass yes. a stranger. To get your freaking like $5 Starbucks drink. Like it's not that deep. No. And they don't get paid enough to deal with these. It's people. not their like, problem. It's a you problem. Yeah. you. If you're really that upset called starbucks what's her name what's her what is the lady what's her character the starbucks siren yeah call call the siren up if you're really that (laughs) upset about your your frappuccino being made with one less chocolate chip yeah i don't think she's gonna care (laughs) right no one's gonna care but yeah let's okay so last one is and i think this is one of the biggest ones that people don't think about is examples of thin privilege is not having to worry about being in public spaces or furniture, like chairs that you could sit in comfortably, comfortably, benches that you can sit in comfortably, being able to sit at a table, being able to sit on a bus, any type of public transportation, of plane seat, theater seats, like not having to worry about fitting in these spaces and it's kind of like a lot of I was reading about this before and like so much of kind of society has like tailored everything toward thin people yeah. and just assumed like this is what your size is and yeah. there nothing bad comes out of making more inclusive spaces right like, no like it just might take up a bit more space like that pay for the space right or like the materials you need to make a little bit bigger of a chair or a sturdier of a chair yeah accommodate all your guests and customers yeah this one's big I've never ever had to think twice about if this chair will hold my weight or if no if it's wide enough for me yeah I've like complained about being uncomfortable on plane seats because my knees were like really small and I am small I couldn't even imagine like one this is another height is not a issue but like if you had long legs or if like you were in a larger body and like trying to fit in these places I couldn't even imagine how uncomfortable that is like right oh who are is it aerospace engineers who designs planes because they got to make them more comfortable for everyone of all sizes right and I hope that we are like going that way I feel like Thin privilege has been a thing for a long time, but everyone's kind of like ignored it. And now we're finally talking about it. So hopefully people in all industries will 
think about this, like healthcare, aerospace engineers, people who are making like chairs for kitchen tables. Like hopefully everyone starts to think about these things, not just like healthcare and like clothing industries. It's not, that's a good point. It's not just healthcare. It's every thin privilege. And we're going to talk about fat phobia. These two like issues, or I guess I don't know if it's constructs, they affect every aspect of life, even if you don't realize it. And that's kind of, we're hoping you'll realize after we talked about it today that maybe you do benefit from thin privilege or maybe you don't have, there are things you don't have to think about or things you might understand and that other people have to go through that you might not have to. Right. And I didn't even like realize I had this privilege to like the last like year. Like I hadn't even thought about that until recently. So it's highly likely that you haven't thought of it if you also have thin privilege, but it's not because you're bad or wrong or you yeah. have to not be thin anymore to be a good person. That's definitely not the case, but at least like recognizing that you have that privilege and maybe being a little bit upset that. Like trying to be more proactive and speaking out on the matter. Like, right. Like kind of like diet culture as a whole, like we get like pissed that it exists. Like it doesn't really affect us as much anymore personally, like in our own like nutrition habits, because we've kind of overcome that, but we still are just so upset about how it affects everyone around us. And it's the same thing with this. Like, even if you have thin privilege and you're living a pretty great life in general, it should still be upsetting that it's affecting everyone else so negatively. Yeah. Like you could speak up on these issues. If you're in any type of positions of, I guess, power where you can make decisions about this. Oh, absolutely try to be more inclusive in whatever you do and there might even be things that we haven't talked about today that are more closely aligned to benefit people in a thinner body and we should be challenging those to be more inclusive of people of all body shapes like our podcast is our way of like doing that like we hope to be able to reach a lot more people so people like understand that this exists that diet culture as a whole exists So while Emily and I aren't like working for Spirit Airlines and able to like make bigger seats, we hope that this reaches someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone that maybe could, you know, have some say in that in some way. Yeah. So every little bit counts, even if it's not some life-changing thing that you get to do about it. Yeah. Or even if it's having like a conversation or confronting people who are exhibiting behaviors that benefit them people and be like hey well what if we did this and made it a little bit more inclusive like or- episode 44 of the upbeat Nation podcast <laughs> to learn more yeah but so if you guys don't have the words or the confidence to really talk about it refer them to us and we will we'll give them the lowdown of yeah why their actions are problematic yeah, yeah. okay so Let's go over let's the issues. End. <laughs> let's yes. finish up them privilege. So essentially kind of the two biggest issues with thin privilege, if you, on, on top of everything we just kind of talked <laughs> about, is someone who is in a smaller frame might not receive or they might not be treated for kind of care or proper care if they have something internally or psychologically going on because they are in a smaller body and perceived as more healthy if 
they might, their symptoms might kind of be pushed aside, be like, oh, you're fine. It's, this happens to everyone. I, I have heard that where that one I have, I've had like issues and people are like, it was something you ate. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a dietitian. I know it was not something I ate. There's something going on. And yeah, it's kind of age plays a role with that too. Oh, you're young. It's, it couldn't be that. I've heard of like, like cancer stories, for example, of like young women getting like breast cancer, but everyone just kind of blows it off because they're in their like twenties or whatever. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's, I don't even know what they say <laughs> that cancer isn't, but I don't yeah. know. No, neither. No, but yeah. Yeah. But that's not even the point. Age isn't the point, but yes, no. that's a big one. Um, and the other issue with thin privilege is that whole idea of like associating size with health status. Cause like we've said, just because someone is smaller or thinner does not mean they are healthier. No. Health is the number on the scale tells you absolutely nothing. Just like the mass of your weight on this earth. That is all it tells you. It doesn't tell you if you're healthy or if you have, you know, an absolute risk of getting any disease. Like it is just the weight that your body like is on this earth. Yeah. And like, you can be in a much thinner body than someone who's in a larger body and be way less healthy than that person in the larger body. Yeah. <sighs> that one gets me, that one gets me going. Oh yeah. We're probably going to talk about it a lot more. This second okay. half. So welcome yeah. to the second half of the you episode. You guys thought we were fired up. This might be like, let's, the second two thirds because that was just the intro. I think we've simply. already been going for like forty minutes. I know. <laughs> this is a lo- take take your snack break, take your water break. I mean, you could still be eating. <laughs> the podcast I listen to, they like the hosts. They do take snack breaks like twice an episode, and they like oh. go to the bathroom. They pick a little like jingle like, that plays. Okay, I was like, what happens during? <laughs> and like commercials oh. will play in between. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's kind of fun. I know it's cute. Like, let's go to a break. We'll be right back. Yeah. Take your break right now. (laughs) Hey guys. So (laughs) we realized we had a lot to say about both in privilege and fat phobia. So as probably based off the episode title, you know, this is thin privilege focused, but based off our intro, you're probably like, Emily, Hannah, why, why are we taking a break here? It's because we are not good with time management today. And we just recorded for about two hours so we're gonna make this a two-parter so we're gonna kind of cut it short here let you sit on your thoughts about thin privilege and take some time to reflect and all that fun stuff and then next week we'll discuss fat phobia yeah so you don't have to sit and listen to us for two hours two plus hours because we talk about a lot and i think if you haven't experienced this before it can be a lot to take in and like oh yeah about so maybe it's actually good that we're doing this in two so you can kind of like absorb reflect think about how it's affecting you how it's affecting everyone around you and then listen to part two and have those thoughts all over again yeah maybe get a therapist and go over it with that if you haven't already yeah (laughs) yeah cool cool okay we'll see you guys in part two yeah see you there Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your hosts, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review.
If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.